If it is Tuesday, it is time once again for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. So happy Tuesday evening to you and welcome to the program. As you know, this is our favorite place for getting powered up each and every week. Our favorite place for reminding ourselves of those important life goals that we have set out for ourselves. So welcome to the program. I always look forward to spending our time together right here on Untapped Potential, our favorite place to just move our lives forward in a positive direction. So you know we enjoy a great interview, we enjoy some great music, a tip of the week, and our featured video over at Push Past 10. So I hope that your week is off to an excellent start. Uh, the weather has been very temperamental down here in Georgia, going from warm and sunny to rainy and thunderstorms, but we're still grateful. We're grateful for life. We're grateful for each other. And just as importantly, we're grateful for this platform where we have the opportunity every week to come together to get energized for the week ahead and to remind ourselves that we ought to be working on those important life goals, especially as we look at the calendar. The year is quickly speeding along. This is already the second week of August. Today is August 9th, 2022. So we're already in the second week of August. So we have to kick it into high gear if we have not already do, done so to be able to accomplish that goal that we said we wanted to accomplish this year. So we have another great interview for you this evening. This evening, our interview will be by none other than Mr. Simeon Joseph. And if you're from Dominica, you know that Simeon Joseph is a powerhouse. He is very passionate about the things that he believes in. And one of those happens to be his Catholic faith. And what we saw recently, as a matter of fact, what we've been seeing in recent times is that many of our church feasts have become so we have gone from having church feasts to having church parties. And that is a concern for us because it speaks to, you know, the moral decay that we see in Dominica, where everything is about a partying and a drinking and, you know, just living that sort of lifestyle, which is not necessarily conducive for having a society where we put God first, we put each other first, and we simply uh, provide opportunities to be our brother's keeper. So it seems like Dominica has quickly become a place where it is every man, every woman for themselves. And we have lost that sense of being our neighbor's keeper. So Simeon starts by because we had a little bit of a controversy at the end of July. So he stopped by to give his views on that, on our candid conversation on Push Past 10 on Facebook and YouTube Live. So I will bring you a portion of his interview. And as always, if you want to see the entire interview, you can jump on our YouTube channel, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T-1-0 on YouTube for the entire interview. So that will be our interview for today. But before we get started, we always like to enjoy some great music to get us energized for the week ahead. And 
today i could not think of a better song than calling xp the praise always a reminder to praise uh, a higher power whether you're catholic or whether you are another denomination or you just consider yourself a spiritual person you no longer believe in organized religion but you have a sense of spirituality um we always remember to honor a higher force because it is due to that higher force that we're able to wake up every day. We're able to see yet another day when so many perish the day before. So we remember to worship a higher power. And so I thought we could start the day off or week off with this beautiful number from Colin XP, the praise. So enjoy this one and then come back for a portion of our pre-recorded interview with Mr. Simeon Joseph. And you certainly want to stay tuned for after the interview for our tip of the week, as well as our featured video. And just a little hint, this time we have featured videos, plural. <laughs> over at push past 10 this week so you want to stay tuned for after the interview for all this wonderful information so enjoy this number from Colin XP and then stay tuned for our interview for this week
struggling to pay your bills? Has your income been impacted by COVID-19? Are you on track with securing your family's financial future? Let Badui Financial Services be your guide in this ever-changing world. From budgeting and finally eliminating your debt to protecting your income and leaving a financial legacy for your family. Badui Financial Services is your one-stop shop for securing your financial future. Give them a call today at 864-607-1361. That number again, 864-607-1361. Badui Financial Services, Integrity and Service is our commitment to you. Give them a call Great, thanks, Simon. How are you? Good night to yes. you. Good evening to you and good evening to our listeners and those who are joining us on your program this evening. Yes, thank you for accepting my invitation. And of course, we have to extend apologies to our audience because we were supposed to be here on Thursday, but something come up like this is life, right? Things come up yes. sometimes. So we were unable to be here on Thursday, but we're here. We're here today, Sunday. Um, it's a nice, relaxing afternoon, hopefully for most people. So let us go ahead and jump into the conversation. So Simeon, what is the concern that we are missing? So take <laughs> us all the way back to the traditions of our Catholic feasts, and let's go on with the conversation. Okay, Simon, you know, I'm happy that you're having this conversation because um, I was a bit, um, as you rightly pointed out, <laughs> um, I was a bit, uh, you could say, uh, concerned that there seemed to have been a controversy in the village of Maho about the celebration of the Feast of St. Anne and the approach that was uh, given to it or that was afforded it by was people organizing the festivities in, in, in the village of Maho um, around the Feast of St. Anne. And so when I saw that, I asked myself, you know, why should there be a controversy about the celebration of the Feast of St. Anne? Um, for one, I think it was very scandalous. Secondly, I think it was misplaced. And thirdly, there's an even deeper concern where it seems to me that the celebration of the feasts of the Catholic Church, the celebration of the patron saints of the Catholic Church has somehow been hijacked by politicians, has somehow been uh, removed from the greater religious sphere and the spiritual dimensions of the celebration of the feast. So we look, for instance, at the celebration of the Feast of St. Peter. We look at the celebration of the Feast of St. Isidore. We look at the celebration of the Feast of, of various patron saints around the country. And I have found that in recent years, they have become very politicized. They have become very political engineered activities. And to a very large extent, the, the, the spiritual dimension and the religious aspect of the celebration of the feast have been watered down to the extent that now you have in a situation in Mao where the patron saint for the parish of St. Anne, which encompasses Massac, Mahu, Campbell, Warner, um, uh, where again, Taru and, and, and Jimit and those places, because of course the patron saint for, of, of, those, of that parish is St. Anne. And all of those churches, of course, do have their individual patron saints, but, 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 but St. Anne is the patron saint of Massac. And that encompasses, as I said, Canefield and Mahu. And to see that it was becoming a tool of argument, a tool of contention, you know, uh, in, 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 the, in the village and in the parish. That was very alarming. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you saw my post on Facebook, and I said to myself, it's very scandalous. And I think we have compromised a lot. We have sort of traded off too much as, as, as Catholics when it comes to the celebration of the saints. And to my mind, I think the church, the parish priests, the church communities have sort of sold off the celebration of those feasts to, to, to parliamentary representatives and to people who are, are no, don't even have any 
um, interest in church. And, and even I've seen, you know, when I was growing up, the Catholic Church was so much under attack uh, by non-Catholics for, for, for celebration of the sins. And, you know, we have DJs and artists who are not Catholic involved in the celebration of the sins. So to me, that is, that is very um, um, ambiguous. And, and, and I think it, that it, the time has come when we need to look very closely at what we are doing. Um, mm -hmm. as religious people, as a country, as, as a church. I mean, how can the Catholic Church be so compromising? How can the Catholic Church be so um, um, allowing, allowing its faith to be so watered down and to be so neutral and indifferent to, 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 to the celebration of church feasts being taken over by politicians and people in the community to the extent where they fight over um, who should celebrate? And, and I think that was very unbecoming, very distressful. Yeah, and, and yeah, yes, yeah. and I think we have a lot to unpack, Simeon. So again, I want to thank you for bringing your knowledge to us um, today on this very important topic. But before we do, let us say a pleasant good afternoon to uh, Jean-Marie Phil Banis, uh, Odell John-Baptist, uh, Matthias Etienne, Anthony Simon, always great to see you, Jennifer Coffey, Antonia Alexander. So come on in, guys. We certainly want to hear your thoughts on this important... All discussion. these people are signing already. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely, because it's a very important topic. It's yeah. a very important topic because I think what we're seeing is the secularization of everything in society. Yes. And I think that is where the concern leads. And then we wonder why, you know, our children have no moral compass to the point exactly. where a young man can simply take a gun and point it to the head of another young man and kill him. Yeah, it's because yeah, yeah. we are lacking the moral compass that used to be ingrained with us. So, Simeon, take us all the way back to the beginning. Let us talk about the historical, the history of these feasts in general, and then let's bring it to Dominica in terms of how we used to traditionally observe these feasts. Okay. So, Simon, thanks for this opportunity. And I, I, I see this as a catechizing opportunity, as a teaching opportunity, you know. Simon, when we look at the, the, the feast, the celebration of the saints, you know, I mean, every Catholic knows, every almost every every Christian knows, and people who share the Catholic faith know, we, we, we say, for instance, in the creed, and it emanates from the creed. So first of all, in, in our whole dimension of Catholic theology, there is something called soteriology, which is the study of, of, of our salvation. Okay, and there's another dimension called eschatology, which has to do with with, with the, the study, the theological study of, of our of our um how you call it the end times. Okay, but but when you bring those together and you try to understand within the realm of Catholic theology, and you can see a very large extent um Christian uh, theology, we speak of we we all ascribe to the apostles' creed where we say we, we Okay, so to, to the, to, on one side, we say we believe in the Holy Catholic Church. And in, 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 one particular, in one particular area in our privacy, we believe in the communion of saints. Okay, and that's where it begins. That's where it begins. Our belief in the communion of saints as, as, as a faithful people. And, 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 and the term communion of saints has two closely linked meanings. What is communion in holy things, as in Latin, sancta, and among holy persons, sancti. So when you talk about the communion of saints, you talk about the two things, the sancta, which is the communion of holy things, and the sancti among holy persons. So holy persons abiding in holy things, so to speak. So God's holy gift for his holy people is proclaimed by the celebration when we talk about the communion of saints. And so we, the faithful, the sancti, are fed by Christ's holy body and blood, uh, for those of us who believe in that, to grow in communion of the Holy Spirit. And that is koinonia, where we abide with God. It's, it's a Greek word, and to communicate to the world. Now, um, in, in, we're going way back into the early church, you know, um, we know of the devotion of the apostles, of their teaching and of their fellowship and of the breaking of bread and of the prayers. We read about that. And so this is where the communion of the faithful comes from. The faith of the faithful is the faith of the church received from the apostles. And faith is the treasure of life, which is enshrined, uh, which is enriched uh, by, by each of us who share that. 
And so this is where we talk about the communion of the sacraments. So if, if we as the faithful share in the breaking of the bread, we belong to the faithful, we share in the sacraments, okay? And then we also share in, in, in the communion of the charisms, which means we share in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is distributed freely to all of us, all the faithful who, who, who want to be part of the church. And so we, we have those things in common. And, and, one of, and, so, and so when we look at it, moving further, we, are not, we don't only share in communion in, in, in spiritual goods, we also share communion of the church in heaven and on earth. And, and these are the three states of the church. When we talk about the church, we talk about the church uh, triumphant, which is, which is in heaven, and the church militant, which is the church on earth. So these are the three states of the church when the Lord comes. And, 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 and that is why as Christians, we look forward to, to the Lord coming in glory and his angels with him. And death will have no more um, 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 victory over us. But, but, but at, at, at the present time, uh, so we are pilgrims on earth. And all of us, however, in varying degrees and in different ways, share in the same charity towards God and our neighbors and we all sing the one hymn of the glory of our God and 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 and, and, and so it is it is in union that all of us as pilgrims together those of us who sleep in the peace of Christ know that we we do so uninterrupted but on the contrary according to the constant faith of the church that is in that that we share in one union as we exchange the spiritual good. And so this is where the intercession of the saints come in. That being more closely united with Christ, those who dwell in heaven fix the whole church firmly in holiness. So we have those people who have gone before us, marked with, with the sign of faith. Those are those triumphant, helping us, those the church militant, not to cease on our journey toward heaven. And so they in turn intercede for us with the Father, uh, uh, the Son, and the Holy Spirit so that we, sh we, we have that fraternal concern where we are helped to reach heaven. So, and, and, and so this is where the communion of the saints comes in. So it is as merely by the title of example that we cherish the memory of those in heaven. What is happening is that we seek rather that by this devotion to the saints, to the exercise of our fraternal charity, the union of the whole church in the spirit may be strengthened. And by that I mean is that we as a Christian community, we as fellow pilgrims, we get closer to Christ. So our communion with the saints join us to Christ from whom as from its very fountain and head issues all the grace and the life of the people of God itself. And so we, we, we go further and we can talk about the communion of the dead, where, where those who have died with, in, in, in communion with the mystical body of Christ participate with the pilgrims of the church to move towards heaven and final judgment, okay? Where, 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 where we become one family with God. So our Christian faith tells us that those who have gone before us marked with the sign of faith, hopefully are, are in heaven, who will help us, those on earth, towards our journey towards heaven itself. So in brief, the church is a communion of saints. And the communion of saints is those in heaven, the church triumphant, with the church militant. And so that is where we, we, as, uh, we as, as, as a faithful celebrate the communion of saints. And so from the very beginning of time, from the very beginning of the church, from, from, from throughout the centuries, there has always been that tradition, that belief that those of us who are marching towards heaven are not doing it alone. We are doing it, those of us who are in the church militant, those of us remaining on earth who are marching towards heaven, hoping to get our own reward, hoping to meet our Christ who died for us, will one day inherit the same heaven that the saints who have gone before us marked with the final sign of faith are inheriting. And that's where we come to the celebration of the saints. So, for instance, when we look at, at the Feast of St. Anne, we look at the Feast of St. Peter, there's no doubt, I mean, remember St. Anne was the mother of Mary. Yes. Okay? 
aunt and aunt being a devoted mother, I mean, she's nowhere in scripture, but our, our historical, uh, our historical uh, uh, lineage tells us, and we know that Mary was not just born out of, out of grass and sky, she was born of a woman. And we know that St. Anne was, were, were the grandparents of Jesus, Joachim and Anne were the grandparents of Jesus. And so um, they, 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 they are, are recognized by the church as the grandparents of Jesus and the patrons um, of, 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 of families. St. Anne is recognized as a patron saint for expectant mothers, for, for women who have difficulty in getting childbirth, where they could pray to St. Anne. And, 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 and in the early church, when you look at the, at the soteriological documentation of the early Christians, I mean, in the early church, that was a common practice where the faithful would pray to those who had gone before them to intercede for them and, and venerate, not worship, but to venerate them to act on their behalf. And there are many stories of barren women, women who couldn't bear children, of mothers who have children who have difficult childhood, praying to St. Anne or to intercede on their behalf. And so we come down to that. We have St. Peter and Paul. I mean, we know St. Peter was the one who, who, who Christ left his church with. And so these people who are marked with the sign of faith have gone on before us. They are no longer with us, but we believe that if we hold close to them and we journey like them, we will one day share in the inheritance. So when we come to celebrate the sins, that is why we call it a feast and not a fete. Because there's a difference between a feast and a fete. The word feast comes from banquet. The word feast comes from celebration. The word feast is inherently tied to heaven. Okay? So when we talk about a feast, we are talking about heavenly things. When we talk about a fete, we are talking about banal, carnal things. And so to turn feasts into fete, to my mind, is the greatest compromise, the greatest trade-off, the greatest anomaly that has come to be to be in Dominica today, where we have a lot of, of, of worldly, carnal, immoral people taking the lead in the celebration of the feast, the celebration of the saints, the celebration where, where those of us who are, who are on earth should be marching towards heaven. We have turned those things into fests, into blood. Yes, into and blood. Simeon, before, before we talk about that, because I think... I think that is a very important point that you're starting to move towards. And I really want to thank you for creating the context of what we are talking about before, uh, today, because I think sometimes we lose sight of where all these um, feasts and all the important aspects of our religion comes from. But before we talk about how our feasts have now turned into facts, which I can, I can already see, we can all agree that this is an issue. Let us talk about how traditionally the feasts were celebrated in the different village. Because my mom is from, uh, is from Dubla, and I clearly remember the days of the Feast of St. Peter. It was about the church. It was about yes. um, celebrating family. It was exactly. about, um, you know, bringing people together. Yes, towards the end, we may have had a band playing along yes. the way, but it certainly wasn't um, infiltrated with a whole lot of politics and politicians doing the opening and ending remarks and, and just being um, uh, uh, um, enveloped in politics. So let us talk about traditionally how well, celebrated right and so traditionally that's why we have to we have to we have to pair the celebration of the saints with the church the church militant because you see in days gone by when the feast were being celebrated the faithful were called to the churches mm -hmm. to do their nine days of prayer and novena and so it, it became that nine days of spiritual journey so novena is synonymous with nine so the faithful were called for nine days to pray to worship, to sing, to enter into a period of reconciliation, to listen to the word of God, to be exalted by the word of God, to enter into that moment of prayer with the particular saint that was being celebrated. So you would have the nine-day novena to St. Anne, the nine-day novena to St. Luke, the nine-day novena to, 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 to St. Peter, the nine-day novena to, to, uh, to St. Benedict, the nine-day novena to St. Francis Xavier, the nine-day novena. And we would, we would because we in, we in praying, we were saying, okay, you have gone before is a sign of faith. Help us to get closer to Jesus so that one day we can share heaven with you wherever you are. And that's what the nine-day novena was about. And then after the nine-day novena, we would come to the grand celebration of the feast where the whole community would turn out 
to the celebration of the feast day mass okay and, and and the people would come and people from surrounding villages would come to join in prayer and you would have people live in different um villages in buses to join the the, the other parishioners in their in their in their patron church to 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 celebrate in 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 in, in, in thanksgiving for for the saint and the and, and jesus and the example of the saint and the benefits of praying to, to, to the saints and journeying together towards heaven. So they would come on the Sunday to celebrate huh? and to offer their, 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 their produce and their tithing and their worship and the best of themselves in worship and prayer and thanksgiving. And then afterwards, in most of the villages, people would just go to each other's homes. And that is mm -hmm. when communion, that is, that is so, so, the, so, the, so the celebrative aspect of the liturgy then transcended into the agape aspect. Because remember I spoke about in the early church in Acts of the Apostles, where they shared everything in common. So the saints were called, and the celebration of the saints, so in the celebration of the saints, we were not called to just pray to the saints, but we were called to reach out to each other, to share food, to share drink, to share home, to share company. So people would go to each other's homes and go into different villages and they'd be welcome into people's homes and you'd have that great agape celebration, the celebration of love, a, a banquet where people would open up their and they would arms to each other. And then after that, you would have some little community activity. So the agape celebration would spill into the community where people would say, okay, we have been to church, we have celebrated the feast, we have celebrated the saints, we have celebrated each other in our homes, in our, in our, in our houses, in our neighborhood. Let us now take it out to the lighter, wider community. And then we have some decent singing and dancing and celebration and cultural thing where people again would bring the best. But it was all wholesome. It was all towards personal and community building. It was all towards building community togetherness. It was all about church people taking responsibility and the lead in the celebration of the saints. And today, it has just transcended into a whitewashed sepulcher of a whole set of rum drinking and fetting and triple-king and DJing and bouillon artisting and, and all those kind of things to the extent that people don't have to fight over. And the church, what is frighteningly scandalous and amazing is that the church, the Catholic church has stayed idly by quiet, numb while the, the, the whole celebration of the feast has become compromised and set aside and sent off to the world making the Catholic church look almost like some sort of, of, of carnal uh, organization that, that has sort of compromised uh, what is Christian with what is banal yeah, and, and I want us to talk about what happened, Simeon. When did we go from having the feast to the fets? But before we do, we have quite an audience on Facebook joining us. So let's say good evening and um, good afternoon to Earl Honeybee. Uh, he says, hi, my darling. Okay, hi, Earl. <laughs> Ernest Later, great to see you. He says, good topic. Uh, we have Anthony Simon. Good afternoon to you both. We have... Uh, Jean Merrifield Bannis, good afternoon, Simeon and, and Simone. Naren, great to see you. No holes barred. Preach it, sir. Anthony Simon, I remember the feast of St. Peter growing up in Calibishi as a trial. Yes, Anthony, I have great, some of my best memories are my memories of the feast of St. Peter in Dublin. Nothing compares. Uh, Jean Merrifield said, yes, I remember the feast of St. Isidore being exactly what you described, um, Simeon Narin. I remember cleaning house and scrubbing step for when people passed during feast, you had to remove glasses in the cabinet or buffet. So Simeon, what happened? And everyone, come on in, share the live, and don't forget, sometimes if you don't post the comment, I cannot see that you're with us, so just go ahead and post the comment, and I will acknowledge that you are with us, but come on in and share the live. So Simeon, when did we make that transition? What happened? I, Why the change? Why I'm we went from this to I'm flex? trying to wonder. Simon, when did we make this transition? Because again, I will say, I am a staunch Catholic. No one is going to make me leave the Catholic Church. But as mm -hmm. a Catholic, I think 
um, to some extent, the Catholic Church in Dominica must assume some responsibility for that compromise. Because you see, for too long, a lot of our priests in Dominica became partners with parliamentary representatives. And because of that partnership, because of that what you call unholy alliance between priests and politicians in Dominica, there was a trade-off for, 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 for what is a church-centered uh, uh, event, not even a church-centered event or a church-centered activity, a church-centered celebration, okay? And, and, and be handed over on, on, on wooden platters to politicians because people felt that without politicians, feasts couldn't go ahead. To me, that is absolute rubbish. That is the height of compromise. And, 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 and people have to be made to answer for that because the, the, at the heart of that is how can you take something that is supposed to lead people to God, okay, and compromise it so much that it has led people away from God, away from Christ, away from each other, away from community, even away from the church. I was following the Feast of St. Anne live, and the church was practically empty every night for the novena. There were no more than 50 people in the church. And yet, I'm sure when it comes to the celebrations, they're going to be jam-packed by all kinds of people from all over who don't even know what St. Anne's is, who don't even know what St. Peter is, and who maybe even laugh at the celebration of the saints. You know, many people I know, they're not Catholic. Many of the DJs, the bouillon artists, many of those people are not Catholic. And so they're going to make money. And then a lot of the parliamentary representatives themselves are not even Catholic. They don't even go to the Catholic church. But they want to take responsibility for the celebration of a Catholic feast. And, and it is shameful that the hierarchy and the authority of the Catholic church has not said, okay, enough, and put a stop to it. We have to reclaim what is ours. We have to reclaim what belongs to the church. We have to be able to, to, to tell people like Jesus did in the temple and throw people out of the temple who are, who are desacralizing the temple. And it is very sad, very, very, very sad that when you look at the celebration of the feast today and the celebration of the saints, we have gone very much away. We have really strayed, Simon. And I yeah, think yeah, but, 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 Sim, but uh -huh. yes, but Simeon, I'm, I'm also very deeply rooted in my Catholic faith as well. But what do you say to those that say, well, you know, the world is just becoming more secularized right now. Look at the Pope who just had to um, apologize for the atrocities um, uh, inflicted on the natives of Canada. Look at the pastor in Brooklyn who supposedly had $40,000 worth of jewelry. Why does he have all that jewelry when he probably have congregation? So what do you say to those that say, well, you know what? The world is just becoming a more secularized place and the well, Catholic Church is simply going along and that is how we have to make money now. Well, that is that. And to me, that, that is really compromise comes in. Mm -hmm. That is where the compromise comes in. Simon, at the heart of the celebration of the saints, okay? Right, so let me, let, let's just throw ourselves back. Can we throw ourselves back a little, okay? Well, what is the reason that the church honors the memory of the saints? Mm -hmm. what, what is the reason why the church did that? Let us go into Bible. Let us go into some spiritual foundations, okay? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, on the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus tells his audience, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. St. Peter emphasized that in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, when he says, be holy as your God is holy, for it is written, because I am holy. So not only did Jesus invite his listeners to be perfect, Peter, in turn, called the faithful to be holy. And therefore, the search for holiness means to strive to live here on earth the ideal of which the Father has created us. That is very important. This, I will repeat, the search for holiness means to strive to live here on earth the ideal form of life for which the Father has created us. And so trying to carry out his will in everything in our lives, even if it demands big sacrifices. So we should have a prayer life, faithfully fulfill our duties, and seek to be better persons each day. 
And so this is what this is what this is what the religious celebration of the saints is about. So so when people say the church should come to terms with reality, this is an antithesis to the message of Christ and to the message of Peter, because the message there is, and it goes further. Jesus also said that you are in the world, but you must not be of the world. And so we must be signs of contradiction. The church must be a sign of contradiction. The church must be saying, okay, when everybody's going this way, you must go that way. When everybody's going the broad way, you must go the narrow way. Because our purpose in life, as we focus on the celebrate, is to be holy. Just as Jesus is holy, and the apostles were holy, and the saints were holy, so those of us who are journeying this earth must follow them into holiness as well. Because that's why we were created. We were not created for rum and siwo. We were not created for idolatry, and we were not created for flesh. The, the book of Romans speaks, uh, embodies that, 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 that battle between the flesh and the spirit. And all of us in our journey through life have to go through that battle between the flesh and the spirit. Whose side are you leaning on? Are you leaning on the side of the flesh or are you leaning on us? So the church must be able to be that beacon. And that is why scripture said, if salt is to become tasteless, if salt is to become saltless, it becomes tasteless. No one lights a light and put it under the bushel. So the church cannot allow its salt to become tasteless. And the church cannot allow its light to go dim. So when the world is in darkness, when the world is saltless, the church must maintain its saltiness and it must continue to be light in a darkened world. Mm -hmm. And so that is why the church must hold its anchor when it sees that everything that is sacred is becoming sacrileged. And so the church must be able to point fingers and say, no, this must stop. As a Catholic, Simon, I'm not talking about pastors in Brooklyn because, I mean, when you have mm -hmm. to look at some of these evangelical pastors, too many mm -hmm. of them have too far. They have compromised the gospel. They have made the gospel something like a business thing. Mm -hmm. And everybody thinks you now to be a pastor seems to be the quickest way to make money. I'm not going to yep. go down that way. But when you look at the Catholic Church, for instance, the Catholic Church is rich in examples of holiness from saints of all kinds. From St. Augustine to St. Francis to St. Therese of Lisieux, to St. Benedict. You just have to read. There's a book that I've, I, I have read, The Lives of the Saints, okay? And, and when, you, when you look at that book, The Lives, and you read, you read on the lives of the saints, the sac even the, 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 the saint for today, St. John Baptist de La Salle, okay? Mm -hmm. Who was a very rich man, a very handsome man, a very stylish man, an, an, an army lieutenant. Who gave up everything to follow Christ and who was able to write some of the most, some of the richest spiritual books you can ever read. Okay, when you read, when you read um the the, the, the book by Saint John Paul, John the Twenty Third, the journal, um, uh, the journey of the soul. That's another wonderful book. When you read all those those writings of Saint Augustine and Saint Philip Neri and and those kind of things, this this is richness. That we are wrong with on. That is enough example to tell us that a life of holiness leads to a life of saintliness. Mm -hmm. And the church presents us with the saints. Every parish in Dominica has a patron saint. Saint Mark in Cas in, in, in Sufria, Saint Luke in, 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 in um, Point Michel, or Lady of Fatima, okay? Saint Dominic, Saint Alphonsus, Saint Anne, the Holy Family. And by if the, the, the church, the patron saint of the, of the church of Maho is the Holy Family. And the, the date for the celebration of that Holy Family is in December. That is when they should be celebrated. And, and look at family life in Dominica today. Look at the state of family life in Dominica today. The state of fatherhood. That is what they should. So Maho should become a, a leading example of prayer for the restoration of families and for the wholeness of families. How many men do in, in our in, in Dominica go to church today? We have a whole set of women who go to church and leave their husbands at home. Most of our men, their, their, their altar of worship is the domino table and the warm rum shop for the basketball field or the basketball court. How many of, how many of our churches are, are filled with young men between 15 and 30 years of age? How many? 
where are our young men today as far as the spiritual life is concerned? Man, and, you know, and, and you know, and you know, um, that community where every day they celebrate and could be a shining example to bring people together. You have the, 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 the church of St. Joseph, which St. Joseph is the patron saint or the father of Jesus, who is the mm. model of fatherhood. You go to St. Therese, St. Therese in, in Salisbury. That is another major scent, a scent of purity that our young women who are going, who are selling their bodies and desecrating their bodies in all kinds of ways can, can use as a model scent. There are many saints around. There's saint, the celebration of, of the feast of St. Benedict in Anzibay, and that is a very powerful scent. St. Benedict is the most, one of the most powerful saints in the Catholic Church to ward off evil. He, his prayers are some of the strongest prayers in the church. When you pray those prayers, can dispel any form of evil. That is, it is his prayers that many priests in the Catholic Church use to do exorcism. Mm -hmm. And so we have a treasury of saints whom we can model. We have examples that have gone before us whom we can think. So I don't see why the Catholic Church should compromise anything. There is more richness in the Catholic Church as there is that we have compromised and we have set aside that we need to regain and we need to repossess. Because when you look at Dominica today, Dominica is a heavily compromised country. Dominica is a country that has almost lost its soul from the top of the country to the bottom of the country. When you look at Dominica, sometimes you have to raise your hands in the air because we have a country that has gone amok. We have a country that has become lawless. We have a country that has become foundationless. We have a country that has become based on fat and rum and drugs and indiscipline and disrespect and murders and child abuse. And so now is the time. For the church to take a stand and to say, uh-huh, we need to regain what is ours. We need to yeah, regain and, the richness of our Yeah, and, and the other thing, Simeon, you know, much of our moral fiber, uh, um, fabric comes from religion, comes from the church, right? So I'm, I'm concerned that as we continue to see a depletion of that moral compass, that moral fabric that comes from our family, should come from our schools, should come from our church, then it becomes like we would say in Dominica, Beflalaje. You are listening because to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the US and the UK and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. So Simeon's energy is palpable, right? I think you can get the sense of how passionate he is about his faith, how passionate he is about his concern for what is going on in Dominica. So just a reminder, this was a portion of the interview that we did with Simeon. And if you would like to see the entire interview and just see how passionate Simeon is about what he believes in, you can head on over to Push Past 10 on YouTube, P-U-S-A-P-A-S-T-1-0 on YouTube for the rest of the interview. So as we continue along here today, we have our tip of the week. And as we see the end of summer quickly approaching, we want to, re we want to be reminded to take a break. So I thought we could um, listen to this particular piece of information about the importance of taking a break from work. And I have to tell you, I absolutely believe in the importance of taking a break from whatever occupies you during the day. I recall when I worked uh, my last job that I worked um, nine to five, I would always make it a priority to take a lunch break. And I cannot tell you how therapeutic it was to be able to take that break with my dear friend, Miss Annie Kemmer's song out there in New York City and just walk, walk and enjoy the beauty of nature and sit on a bench outside and just enjoy nature and just just, uh, you know, distress for a minute so that we felt re-energized 
to go back to the office and to, to complete the rest of the day. So this is so important that we take a break, whether, you know, you're a mom at home with the kids. Um, it is important to take a break and just have a couple of minutes to yourself or whether you're a hardworking office worker or if you're like me and you have the uh, luxury of working from home, sometimes the hours just seem to uh, slip away. And before you know it, you've been added from, you know, nine in the morning to nine at night. That can happen very easily for those of us who work from home. So just a reminder to take that much needed break, especially now it's the summertime. Maybe take a long weekend to, to take a trip with your family, just to be able to distress, to be able to unwind, to be rejuvenated for the months ahead towards the end of the year. So listen to our tip of the week, uh, how to take a break from work and then come back so we can wind on the program for yet another week. Is here. Welcome back to The Daily Burke. And today we are talking about something a little bit lighter, but something you are probably um, not doing enough in your work life. And that is taking a break. We're talking about how do you take a break from work. Now, I, I've talked about this a little bit before. One of the most fascinating things for me is that the, the research actually kind of shows that we work in these kind of 60 to 90 minute bursts of, of energy. And so every about 90 minutes, you should be taking a, a short break. At the very least, if you think about an eight hour workday, in addition to your lunch break in the middle, we should be thinking about a mid-morning and a mid-afternoon break, maybe a, a little bit different depending on kind of your chronotype, morning person, evening person, etc. But, you know, at least some of those, and we have to be adding those back in. And unfortunately, the way most of us are, are working and we get to the office, we pull open the email inbox and we're sitting in that email inbox until the first kind of morning meeting. We rush to that morning meeting and then we've got meetings stacked on meetings. We're never actually taking that long break. So today I want to share kind of two tips when you take that break to make sure that you are actually um, using that 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes for all that it's worth that you can rest and recharge and come back doing better work. Now, tip number one, really, really simple. Go outside. There's a ton of research on the power of daylight, the power of nature. Um, I don't want to get into a whole monologue about Japanese forest bathing here, but like just getting outside and getting around nature not only provides a deeper sense of rest, but it unlocks certain um, creative flows in human psychology and things that you're going to need when you get back to the office trying to solve problems. So go outside. Number two, leave your phone inside or, or, or wherever it is, whatever, whatever drags you back into the office. As, as distance from the workplace as you can get, the better your, your break will be and the more recharged your mind. I mean, I've, I've been talking about this for uh, the better part of a decade in terms of the research around incubation, stepping away, pulling back from a problem and focusing on something else. Take a walk. I usually recommend if I can throw in a third to grab someone else, take a walk and make sure you're talking about something non-work related so that you're getting that distance. You're having a social interaction too, which is hugely important and you're doing it outside or at least in nature. Two and a half really, really quick tips to make sure that you are taking better breaks at work because we know that time away from work makes work better. So we need to be harvesting these breaks as, as best we can so we can do our best work ever. Thanks so much for watching this episode of The Daily Burke. Leave a comment below. Let me know what your favorite way to take a break is. Bonus points if it hits on one of these uh, factors. While you're leaving that comment, make sure you are clicking the subscribe or the follow button on whatever social network you're watching this on because we're posting new episodes every single workday designed to help you do your best work ever. And I want to make sure that you don't miss a single one. Thank you again so much for watching The Daily Burke. So again, very important. Don't forget to take that break um, every day so that you can rejuvenate and be even more competent at everything else that you do during the course of the day. So here we are at the end of the program. It always feels like we're at the end of the program because the time uh, certainly goes by very quickly. And we want to thank you for always being here. If this was your first time listening, we want to say welcome aboard. We hope that you found great value and you will set your reminder to join us right back here 
every Tuesday from 5.30 Eastern Standard Time for Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. And if you're a regular listener, we want to thank you for your loyalty, for your support as we continue to grow as a community, an international village. I like to call us of Dominicans, uh, friends of Dominicans, Caribbean people at home and abroad who are all working on one singular goal to move our lives forward, to move our country forward. So this is the place, remember, that we come every Tuesday to get powered up, energized for the week, and to remind ourselves of the goals that we are working for for this year. So our featured video of the week, I don't want to forget before we head out for today, over at pushpast10.com, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T-1-0.com is none other, drum roll please, <laughs> than Miss Mrs. Ophelia Marie, a Cadas legend in her own right. So August Monday, the very first Monday of August, is observed in the Caribbean as Emancipation Day, as a reminder of when the uh, the enslaved people were finally awarded their freedom. I want to say it was back in 1836, somewhere about there. I could be wrong on that date, but somewhere around there when African slaves were finally given the, their freedom, their human right to be free of bondage. So Emancipation Day is observed the first Monday of August every year in the Caribbean. And Mrs. Ophelia Marie had the distinct, a distinguished honor of performing at one of the events. And I just want you to see how energized she is. Because one of my concerns is always that when our legends, our um, experts start to get up there in age, we start thinking of them as elderly and old and frail. And it's almost, it feels like it's time to put them in a corner and have them no longer contribute to our society and to our industries. And I was just so taken aback at uh, Ophelia's energy, her enthusiasm, and her love for our Kadasalypso music that I thought I would upload a couple of videos which were shared with us uh, to Facebook and it was a resounding success. Everyone flocked over to the videos and I think one of them got something like 2,400 views in the first few hours that I uploaded it. So it tells us that there is great values in our seniors that we still have to lean on them. We still have to tap into their potential to be able to help us to move our lives and our country along the way. So I want to enjoy, I want you to enjoy these two video clips of uh, Ophelia at the Emancipation Day celebrations in Dominica this year. She performed two songs as far as I can tell. I was not at the event, but someone sent me the videos. She performed at least two songs and did a fantastic job just serenading and engaging the crowd. So enjoy these two videos over at pushpast10.com. And while you're there, don't forget to click on the missed an episode tab if you missed any of our episodes of Untapped Potential. And there's also a link to our YouTube channel to uh, take you to all the videos of Untapped Potential, all the videos of Push Past 10. So, you know, one-stop shop. <laughs> we ensure that everything that you need is right there uh, on Push Past 10 so you can very easily navigate uh, to find out everything that we cover via our platforms. And speaking of which, um, this week uh, we will have Roots Connections on Q95, the big station, and this week, we will have another uh, engaging conversation. We will look at the banking system in Dominica. And the concern is that so many of the 
international banks have left Dominica and the Caribbean region. So what are the implications of these international banks leaving our shores? So we will have our economist, Dr. Thompson Fontaine. We will have Mr. Louis Robinson, who if you're a frequent listener to Dominica Radio, you know he's a frequent caller and very knowledgeable, very passionate about banking and the economy. And we will also have another banker with us, Mr. Julius Corbett. So you don't want to miss that program on Q95, the big station. And of course, we will have it on Facebook Live on Push Past 10. So Wednesday, 8 to 10 p.m. on Push Past 10, you can be a part of the contribution of the conversation and you can make your contribution at this time. So a lot's going on, a lot going on. We are always grateful to have the various platforms to be able to share um, positive information, to share information that can help us to grow together as our international community continues to grow. So if you ever want to get in touch with me, I always um, enjoy hearing from our fans and everyone who follows the program. You can always reach me at pushpast10 at gmail.com with any questions, any um, suggestions for programming. So again, Always happy to be here with you. Always look forward to this time. So don't forget your life story is your strength. Remember to tap into your potential um, every day, every week, every month, every year. Remember to stay strong, stay positive, stay productive, stay engaged, and stay active until we meet right back here next week. At the same time, you have yourself a productive week. Take care.